It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic season is quickly coming to a close, but the team is still fighting and scratching and clawing and preparing for their future. Why the Orlando Magic are not just playing for this year's play-in chase, but for something much more. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 27th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic show that they're playing to a higher standard. Not just about this year, not just about the here and now. It's about something much greater. We'll get into that coming up here. Just won't, but first we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Check out Prize Picks today to see daily fantasy done differently. Use the promo code Locked On for a special bonus at sign up. Check it out today at PrizePicks.com. So the the Orlando Magic weren't playing terribly against the Brooklyn Nets. They weren't doing anything particularly wrong. They weren't uh, uh, struggling. They weren't even losing by that much. But you could see hints. Of trouble, some turnovers, some uh, some turnovers, obviously, some uh, uh, offensive rebounds, especially, and, and it just didn't really feel like you know the Magic. They know their offense probably isn't sustainable, and so they knew they needed to defend better. 
they knew they needed to kind of lock themselves down. And, and I was watching a game on the Valley Sports Florida broadcast, was not able to go to the game. Uh, and during a timeout in the second quarter, Dante Marcatelli, good friend, good friend of the show, um, reported that Jamal Mosley kind of lit into his team. That he kind of told them, hey, we got to cut out the turnovers. We got to lock down the glass to win this game. And again, the Magic didn't really trail much in this game. Uh, a one, what turned out to be a 119-106 one over the Brooklyn Nets. The Magic didn't trail much in this game. They, they, they didn't find themselves down by much. They weren't playing poorly. It was just you could start, you could see cracks a little bit. And it was just like, how do we fix these before it gets real bad? But I heard this statement, and A, it was kind of, I think, the, not that we don't know that this doesn't happen, but kind of the first time, at least in, in a very public way, that we've heard Jamal Mosley really challenge his team, really kind of step his team up and really kind of say, hey, we've got to do this better. I'm not playing the score. I'm playing the standard. I'm playing to what I know you guys are capable of. It's been a year of development. It's been a year of growth. It's been a year of managing that progress and, and, and keeping guys learning lessons. This was really the first time where it felt like, or at least publicly at least, it felt like the coach was saying, I know you can play better than this. I don't care that you're leading. Be better. That's what winning teams do. I remember back in the Stan Van Gundy days, uh, 2010 and 2011 season especially, people would complain to me after wins because I'd be so frustrated be like, man, that they won. You got to be cool. It's like, uh, it doesn't matter that they won. We know that they're going to have to do X, Y, Z better if they're going to win a championship. This Magic team's obviously not at that level yet, but it's the same idea. You're not playing the score. You are playing to the standard. You are playing to a standard of excellence, an expectation of how you're going to perform and what you're going to be about. That is who you are playing to, especially in a long regular season where there are wild ups and downs, where you have to bring the same intensity every night or find that intensity somewhere. You're always playing to a standard. And as always, you do the process, it takes care of the results. Now, who's to say that Jamal Mosley doesn't do this regularly at timeouts? Who's to say Jamal Mosley doesn't do this regularly in the locker room at halftime? Who's to say Jamal Mosley doesn't do this regularly in film sessions, in practices. It, it's not that this challenge was so unique. It was that it was kind of made public. And shows us the Magic are expecting more of themselves much quicker than perhaps we thought. That the Magic do believe they are capable of doing more. And better yet, the Magic showed that they took on that challenge, perhaps imperfectly, perhaps with still some things to clean up. They are a young team that doesn't know how to do this yet. But the Magic took that lesson to heart and played, honestly, a fantastic game Sunday night. What was, I believe, a one-point deficit at the time of that timeout, the Magic came out and expanded the lead out to 10 by the end of the second quarter. By the third quarter, the game was essentially over with the Magic leading by more than 20 points at one point. And while Brooklyn did sneak their way back into the game, both teams called their players off. 
and Orlando was able to cruise through the fourth quarter to a 13-point win. This was a game where the Magic had everything working. Their offense moved smoothly. They passed the ball with efficiency. Uh, 30 assists. They didn't need three-pointers because they lived in that paint. And they got essentially whatever they wanted offensively, which is smart passing and great poise. Defensively, outside of giving up too many offensive rebounds and too many second-chance points, the Magic dominated every Brooklyn player that wasn't McCal Bridges. And even McCal Bridges, I think, had a, had a, he had a good night, obviously, with 44 points, but he had to work for his shots, too. This was, frank, frankly, a masterclass for the Orlando Magic. This was, frankly, just a, a strong and solid game for Orlando. And one that they've been waiting for, one that they've been hoping for, one that they've been chasing after for a while. This was a great home win. This was just a a, a good effort that had the Magic playing Magic basketball. And again, that's the point. We know that the play-in is a long shot. I've been saying that for a long time, even as I push to say, like, this is the goal. This is what you should be pushing for. Go for it. Even in fail, failing that, you learn a lot about this team and you get all this experience. It's never been about making the play-in tournament. I, I want to stress that. It's about learning how to play to that standard. It's about learning how to play in these pressure games. And while, yes, the Magic have a sense of desperation about them and, and, and are a long shot. All of these games matter to the teams ahead of them. The only game the Magic will play the rest of the season that does not have playoff implications, at least as we sit today, is their game against the Detroit Pistons next Sunday. And that is a must-win game for the Magic because the Magic will likely still be in the play, playoff, or the Magic could be eliminated by then, but the Magic very likely will be fighting for their postseason lives by next Sunday. Yeah, we're going to enter the last week of the season still mathematically possible to enter the postseason. I just want I just want you to pause and, and, and reflect on that for a little bit. Um, the Magic, though, have been spending and taking this time, not necessarily focusing on the play-in tournament, not necessarily focusing on what they need to do to reach the postseason this year. It's about what they will ultimately have to do next year, what they ultimately will have to do to make the postseason next year. To be, a play, to be the playoff team we know they are capable of to meet the expectations that, yeah, people like me, and I'm not afraid to say this because I believe it, people like me are putting on them already. We expect next year to be a playoff year. And the Magic are using this time now to get ready for that. And that includes holding the team accountable, not to the score, but to their standard of play to the way they want to play, to the things they have to do every single night to win games. To not fall victim to the ups or the downs, but to find that level and make that level as high as they can make it. As Chuck Daly used to say, uh, water always finds its level. The Magic are learning to play to this standard. And to me, it's exciting and, and, and fantastic to hear that the team is playing, is thinking about these things clearly, and clearly trying to be more than do more than just win games. As important as winning games are, they're trying to learn 
how to be a better team moving forward. We're going to go through the final box score, talk about the Orlando Magic's 119-106 to 106 win over the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA about to take center stage once again. The big battle between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid takes place tonight. Settle your MVP debates after tonight, please. Rookie of the Year certainly already settled. And if you want to be the MVP of your day, you'll play Prize Picks. In Prize Picks, you pick two to six players, and if they go on to score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, MLB with opening day on Thursday, NHL, PGA, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, esports, NASCAR, and a whole lot more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals. They're currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's go through the final box scores. Your line of magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets 119 to 106 again. Like I said, this was. This was a really impressive performance by Orlando. I mean, look, not without flaws. I'm not going to say it was a perfect A-plus performance. There are a lot of things that I, that I think the Magic will have to clean up, especially now going on the road, facing a tough Memphis team. Uh, they got Washington on Friday. And, you know, again, if the postseason still matters, that is a—every game's a must-win if the postseason still matters. If it doesn't matter to you, that's that's great. That, you know, it, it matters to these guys. Um, just a, a really nice game against Brooklyn, a really solid game against Brooklyn. And, and I think— and I think they they played they played their game plan really well. And again, aside from a few mistakes here and there, the Magic were scrappy. I mean, they gave up a ton of offensive rebounds, 15 offensive rebounds for 25 second chance points. But Orlando, I felt like, still scrapped really well to close out those second chance opportunities. So the effort it has not been a question. And the Magic, I think, are, are starting are you know after going through that swoon through the through the two weeks at the home, the homestand in the West Coast trip, going three and zero on this homestand was really fantastic. Team is team is starting to, to play a lot better basketball as they as they close the season. I think that I, honestly, I think that's what we want to see. Um, I'll go back and make the comparison to the 2006 team here uh, later on this week, um, and, and and talk a little bit about how that was a springboard for this team. But, uh, but you know, still it, it's it's good. Young teams figuring out how to win, playing pressure basketball. It's good. Um, and 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 you know, frankly, I think they're you know, I, there's a reporter that asked this. I don't blame him. I think he was asking a, 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 a fair question. There are a lot of fans that don't realize how important these games are and how much it's going to develop 
guys like Paolo, guys like Franz, guys like Markel, guys like Cole. It's going to help them really develop and, and know how to play in these pressure situations. Let's go into the box score, though, first. Uh, let's start with Wendell Carter Jr. I, I thought Wendell played a fantastic game. 18 points, 7 for 9 shooting, 3 for 4 from the foul lines, only 6 rebounds. He did only play 25 minutes, did not need him that much. But it sure felt like every minute that Wendell Carter was in the game, he was impactful. Um, yeah, Nick Claxton still had 9 rebounds, only 2 offensive rebounds, so the offensive rebounding is- issue wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, but he did a great job really manning the interior on, on both ends. Um, he was making shots. Like I thought he just played a really, really strong game, just a really solid game up and down. Um, you know, the Magic knew they could they could turn to him, give, give him the ball, and he would make a good play. And, and look, Wendell, I'm excited to see where Wendell grows uh, as the season ends and, and into the offseason. Because I think I think it's very clear he can be a very very good player in this league and, and and do do some very very good things. He's been a connective tissue for this team all year long. I'm really excited to see what Wendell Carter does. Franz Wagner also had a nice game, 19 points, six for 11 shooting, seven for nine from the foul line, 10 rebounds, six assists, two steals. Franz was doing his Franz stuff, man. He he was getting to the basket. He was finishing around the, around the rim. He was drawing fouls. He was you know. I think I still think I'd like to see him develop a little bit more of a mid-range game, so he could like stop and you know he doesn't have the quickest release, so a stop and pop mid-range probably may not be completely in his future. But just adding a, 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 adding that Dirk step back again, just getting that back into his game, getting more comfortable with that, is going to help his drives out so much because he is basket or nothing, and and he gets to the basket more often than not. That's that's the scary part. Like it works. He doesn't have to do a whole lot more because what he does really works. Uh, and he was just on point throughout much of this game. Um, I thought, his, you know, Franz's defense, I don't think we talk enough about how good he is defensively. Just really solid defensively all around. Paolo Bancaro had 11 points, kind of a slow game, 4 for 13 shooting, uh, 9 rebounds for him, uh, 4 assists. You know, I thought Paolo was fine, just missed, missed shots, you know, kind of struggled a little bit with Dorian Finney-Smith on him and some of the size Brooklyn can throw at you. Uh, but, you know, he got himself going. He found ways to kind of get that grind going, especially in third quarters. Orlando expanded its lead. Gary Harris and Markel Fultz, each with 10 points. Markel Fultz having nine assists. Um, Markel was just in command of, the ga- command of the game. You know, not shooting particularly well. Did miss three threes. So, again, I, honestly, like, it's good Markel's willing to take threes. I, I don't I don't really want to hear that he's a reluctant three-point shooter. He will take threes. He will not make them, that he will take them. And I think this summer he'll probably develop into a, into at least a 33% three-point shooter, which I think would be a humongous step for him. Or hopefully he can. Um, Gary Harris had a couple threes. Did, did some nice things defensively on McCall Bridges, got into some foul trouble. McCall Bridges had 44 points, 13 for 22 shooting, 6 for 9 from deep, 12 for 12 from the line. Magic really couldn't do anything with him, but no one else really stepped up to help. Cam Thomas had 18 points, a lot of that coming in the fourth quarter. Spencer Dinwiddie missed all 11 of his shots. Cam Johnson had 10 points. The Magic just really just dominated this game in, in, in a lot of ways, and, and, and outside of McCall Bridges, really dominated defensively. So again, defensively, Giving up 40.7% shooting, 8 for 35 from deep, six of, those three, 6 of those threes coming from Bridges, 24 for 28 from the foul line. The fouling was the issue, offensive rebounds were the issue, but otherwise the Magic really just locked down and, and again, just a solid game. Let's get to the bench. Probably should have led with the bench because the bench was really good. Cole Anthony, 21 points, 8 for 13 shooting, 4 for 4 from deep, 6 rebounds, five, uh, 3 assists. Uh, I, I have been really in love with the way Cole's playing. Um, I think that he's really figured out what his role is uh, and, and is really comfortable with it. I mean, I think it took a little bit of an adjustment to coming off the bench and 
you know, but once this team got rolling and once I think Anthony kind of found his spots with the group that he's playing with, he's just been just fantastic. Just lights out. He makes smart decisions. He's not forcing or rushing shots. He is he is just in rhythm too. And and again, a lot of Cole's success is based on his ability to make shots. That's he's a scorer. That's that's how we judge him. He is scoring tons of points. He is scoring them efficiently. He's scoring them effectively. He isn't settling for threes. He's not settling for cont- for contested or rush shots. He is just playing really, really good basketball. That's that's the really only only way I can describe it. Honestly, even defensively, like he is a pest. He is he is getting better defensively. Like he's not perfect by any means. I'm sure he would admit that. But he competes on that end, and and I I, I just love the way that Cole Anthony is played. This has been by far the best season of his career. Um, you know, he's really the Magic have really kind of carved out a nice niche for him, and, and I think he's he's really embraced it, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Jalen Suggs playing his first game ba- first game back in four games after the concussion. Didn't miss a beat. 16 points, 6 for 9 shooting, 2 for 2 from beyond the arc, only two free throws. But just again, hits his pull-up game, got his got his turnaround game going, got to the basket, you know, made both of his threes. Like Suggs, Suggs has figured stuff out. Uh, you know, I don't want to say he's completely figured it out. I don't, I don't want to say he's what we imagined he would be when we drafted him. But look, we know Jalen Suggs competes. We know he gets after it defensively. Offensively, you believe he's going to make shots, and and that's you know that's a long way. Like he's come a long way on that front. Where yeah, he's going to make shots. I, I'm not concerned about him making or missing shots. For the most part, I think he's going to make them now. Um, even tough little step backs, even tough little pull up jumpers. He's just playing with a lot more calm. I, I love the way that Jamal Mosley described it. He's playing with much more poise. Uh, he knows the pace of the game a whole lot better now. Um, and I think that that's. I think that that's such a, a big sign and, and a big big point of growth, and you know, it just goes to show: don't give up on young players. Let them let them have some time to figure out this league. Jalen Suggs has figured out what he's good at, where he needs to get better, and he started to get better at those things. And, and he, it's a credit to him how much more reliable he's become and, and how much better he's become. You know, he's 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 not starting, but he's playing more minutes than Gary Harris. No offense to Gary Harris, who's I think had a decent season as well. Gary only played eighteen twenty, had a little bit of foul trouble. Jalen played 23 and a half minutes. So he is getting plenty of time. Maybe you want to see that increase. Maybe next year we will see Jalen Suggs in that starting lineup. But Suggs has taken some really nice steps, and I think that's really good. Mo Wagner with 12 points, 4 for 5 shooting. Typical Mo Wagner game. Just provided some good scoring, good energy. You know, whatever mistakes he made defensively, he makes up for it with effort. Just a really solid game for Mo Wagner. Um, if you did not catch that number, the Magic had 8 players tying a franchise record. They did it earlier this year as well. Eight players in double figures. They shoot 52.9% from floor. Just seven for 22 from beyond the arc. 22 for 28 from the foul line. So they do match Brooklyn there. Uh, only 11 turnovers for eight points. But the most important thing, 30 assists on 45 field goals. That is just fantastic. That doesn't even get into free throw assists. The Magic played a really strong game offensively. Again, you just look at the numbers. 21 to 10 fast break points in favor of the Magic. 58 to 38 points in the paint. That's a credit to the Magic's defense as well as their ability to attack the basket. The Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets 119 to 106. We're going to reset the uh, postseason chase coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know, I'll be voting for cookies and cream. I'm a big sucker for cookies and cream. Uh, And if you want the cookies and cream to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. 
Support your team, support your bar or puff in the Built Bar March Madness bracket. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. That's in all caps in my copy. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, they're high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to Built, Built March Madness. That's BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. And pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Atlanta Magic are still alive in the postseason chase, and and you know I I've, I I we've hit the point of the season where people are starting to debate whether it is worth the Magic to continue pursuing this. Um, the answer is, if you know me, you know my answer. The answer is obviously yes. Um, this is a young team. This isn't a veteran team. They are playing their players right now. As long as you are playing these young players, are going to matter for this team moving forward. You need to be trying to win. Plain and simple. You need to be trying to win. Uh, I don't think that's super complicated. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. These are the guys, Paolo Bencaro, Franz Wagner especially, are the guys that you're going to be carrying forward with as a playoff team starting next year. We're not talking about two years down the road, continue to develop. We are talking next year being a playoff team. Get ready for it this summer. The Magic are going to be everyone's dark horse pick to be a playoff team. Everyone's going to be jumping on the Magic bandwagon. And if you're if you're jumping on early, hit that subscribe button. Welcome to the show. We're good. We're good people. We love everybody except for Raptors fans and and Bulls fans and sometimes Rockets fans, mostly Lakers fans and also Heat fans. Um, we like everybody else though. We're a happy bunch here in Orlando. We have the sunshine. Um, that's about all we have. Um, but uh, but the Magic are like I said. The Magic aren't necessarily playing for this year right now. They're playing for future seasons. They're playing to help this roster grow into the team they want them to be sooner rather than later. But the reality is that, yes, the postseason is still a very remote thing. The Chicago Bulls are playing some fantastic basketball. They have caught the Toronto Raptors, essentially. They have essentially run away with the 10 seed in, in the Eastern Conference play-in race. The Washington Wizards are fading. 
The Indiana Pacers are struggling to make up the ground from their 2-16 and 16 run. The Magic have a 5-20 and 20 run. That, that's kind of what does their seasons in. Um, the 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 Bulls are the Bulls are running are starting to pull away, uh, and and again they've caught the Raptors. Uh, it's better for the Magic if the Bulls stay in ten than the Raptors because of tiebreakers. But uh, it, it it's 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 getting late in the day here. As things stand today, the Orlando Magic are four and a half games back of the Chicago Bulls with seven games to play. I think it's four and a half. Yeah, because the Bulls played played yesterday too. Um, the Magic are four and a half back of the Chicago Bulls with seven games to play. The most wins the Magic can have is 39. The Bulls currently sit at 36. That makes the elimination number for the Magic four Magic losses or four Chicago Bulls wins. The Bulls are on the West Coast. They play the LA Clippers tonight, so that number could easily drop to three with how poorly the Clippers have been playing of late. Um, The Magic are also the next team to be eliminated in the playing tournament. And what's been interesting to see is... As the Bulls have started to separate themselves a little bit, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. As the Bulls have started to separate themselves a little bit from the rest of the pack, the rest of the pack started to come down to the Orlando Magic. As everyone's kind of looked at the kind of lottery standings, a lot of people have said, like, why aren't the Magic tanking for Wemby? And I've been like, well, the Magic are still closer to the play-in tournament than they are to the lottery bunch. The Magic currently are seven and a half games ahead of Charlotte for fourth in the lottery standings. So Charlotte's sitting in fourth in the lottery standings. The Magic can't catch them, actually. Uh, the most the most wins Charlotte can have is 31. Charlotte is locked into the bottom four. Orlando cannot fall for farther than fifth in the lottery standings. So forget that. However, because the Magic have started playing so well, they're five and five in their last 10, which in this part of the standings, I guess, is enough to gain ground. Um, the rest of the pack started to come down to them. Orlando is a half game ahead of Portland for fifth. Um, so Portland could easily tie Orlando. It's they, There's a report coming out this weekend that the Blazers are considering shutting down Damian Lillard. They are one game back of Indiana and Washington. Obviously, they play Washington on Friday. That's going to be a major test to see whether the how committed the Magic are to winning or how ready the Wizards are to shut their season down. Um, or it could just be two teams really fighting hard. Essentially, the Magic could right now finish anywhere in the lottery standings from 5th to probably ninth. I don't think they're going to catch Utah. Utah is three and a half games ahead of the Magic at 35 wins. I don't think the Magic are getting that far. Chicago's pick as well has dropped to 11th because they've played so well. Um, They're 36 and 38. They're a half game ahead of Dallas for 10th, half game behind the Lakers, which will become New Orleans, for 12th. So that, 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 is, your, that is your update on the, Magic's lotter- on the Magic's lottery situation. There are obviously a lot of fans that think the lottery is the salvation, and, and that's fine. I get it. The Magic, though, the Magic, though, aren't about that anymore. I, I just want to make that clear. Like, the Magic are done playing the lottery. The lottery is not their goal. They will get a good player in this draft. They will get two potentially good players in this draft. They may lose out on Amen or Asar Thompson. They may lose out on, honestly, on, like, a Jarrett Walker, but I don't know if that's those are the guys the Magic really want anyway. You know, honestly, like they need skilled players, they need shooters, and you're, you know, more likely to get those, or you're more comfortable to get those, where the Magic are currently drafted. Indeed, I, I think that the Magic's goal this season was to again level up, and they've done that. They've leveled up out of the basement. They've leveled up out of the lottery cellar, and they are in a situation where they are trying to win games. They're trying to advance to the next tier, to that play-in tier. 
I think that they've, I honestly think that they've done that. And except for a 5 and 20 start, they are put themselves in a great spot to be a postseason team next year. Whether it's playoffs, whether it's play in, it, it, that part matters a little bit. But the Magic know that they can do a whole lot better and know that they will continue to develop and continue to grow. The reality is the Magic are not playing for the standings this year again. They are playing to be better in the future. They're be, they're playing for this group to be better in the future, not to set themselves up for a lot a, a strong lottery ticket. They're playing to set themselves up for the greater future ahead. And, and I think they've done that. And so, yes, play-in hopes are slim. Yes, by doing this, the Magic have jeopardized some of their lottery chances. But that's not what's important. What's important is what's happening on the floor. How we're seeing a team consistently win close games, consistently play well when the pressure is the highest, consistently perform now when they are in must-win situations, when teams are as desperate as they are to get wins. Those are all really good things, and I don't think we should lose sight of that as the season concludes. I want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, your tune in to Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on all the podcasts to your podcast and able to listen to advice. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked on Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, Every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available in the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.